From those in the know to those who need to know, this is the Indie Weekly Podcast. I'm sure everybody, if you're on LinkedIn, uh, I'm seeing an article share, I think, like every three minutes uh, minimum on something about the metaverse going on. I literally just saw one right before this session. Uh, and it's like a whole bunch of information going in absolutely every different direction. Uh, Warner Music just bought into and did partnerships regarding the metaverse. Uh, so whenever we see all of this stuff happen, it means it will most likely happen, whether you like it or not. Um, and so a lot of what we're doing here is we're the programming uh, of Screen by Screen is music and tech. And the reason why we do it is so that we become educated so that we become knowledgeable enough so that we could start participating in the space and be armed because there's nothing like not having information and being left out. And, and when something moves in really quickly, uh, you don't want to be left out. So the metaverse is an important thing to know about. And we thought, let's have a discussion on it. And so with that, uh, I want to introduce our guests uh, so that they can tell everybody a little bit about themselves and then we can dive into the discussion. So Anara, I will let you uh, give a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background. Sure. Thank you everybody so much for tuning in. Uh, just like <laughs> Daryl mentioned, I think there is a conversation around Metaverse exciting absolutely everyone from technical folks who really enjoy the, the potential challenges of actually developing the space to creatives that are starting to think of how to actually leverage this opportunity. So I'm very excited to dive into this conversation. Uh, my background is that I spent the first 10 years of my career as a performer. So I love connecting with people by telling stories and inspiring them to see opportunities where they may have before seen obstacles. Uh, I'm currently the founder of a digital fashion customization engine called Armoire and a media company called Digital Fashion and Art Club that specifically services anybody who's interested in learning more about virtual goods, social tokens, and how to commercialize um, and how to look towards uh, the future of, of commerce. So, the interesting thing about the metaverse is that it is still a very, very early days of, the, of this development, and there's a lot of opportunity to be able to actually shape the space and start participating now. So you're definitely not too late. So we're very excited to talk about all the opportunities in this space and maybe even answer a couple of the questions that you personally have. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nara. I'm so happy that you're here. Uh, and with that, we're going to uh, let Gleb give us a little bit of introduction about himself. Uh, I'm really fascinated how Anara presented it, so I'm not as cool as, as Anara, so uh, I would say that, okay, I'm a creative technologist who participating in all this stuff for more than 20 or even 25 years from the early days of internet, like Daryl and so on, <laughs> so, so uh, I'm just happy to uh, not really represent some I don't know, entity or something. So here I'm participating as knowledge share person. And this way, I'm happy to see that a lot of people just interested in what, what is happening right now. So this is the sort of revolution that we're doing. So that's quickly about me. Awesome. Thank you so much, Gleb. And uh, Gleb's in Lithuania. So uh, we, we programmed it early so that it's not four in the morning for him like last time, I think it was. Um, I wanted to give just a little bit of my background in the sense on, you know, you mentioned about being involved in tech like 20 plus years. 
And I just want to put things in perspective first as we dive into this discussion. So I started like around 97 uh, doing digital publishing, like design and stuff. And the web started coming in around 99. And I dove into it where I found a lot of the people that were in print design, because that was all it was, were against the web. Like, oh, I don't need to know that. I'm not going to learn about that. And just to kind of give a little story is I was an assistant to a designer doing the print stuff. And I was like, I'm going to learn this web stuff. And sure enough, four years later, that print designer was hiring me as web designer because they didn't know how to do web stuff. Uh, they had the prime opportunity to learn it, but they refused. And, and the thing is, the web is where it was growing and print kind of maintained. And so I find where things are growing and new, that defines new opportunities. And there's sort of this gap at the start and that's where we're at right now is where is it going? Is it going to stay? How does it stabilize and how do we make money? And so a lot of those questions are being asked and, and note, have confidence that it will get figured out and I want to have knowledge when it gets figured out. I want to be established when it gets figured out. And that's how we can really capitalize on this. I saw it through the web itself uh, and very early days uh, when there wasn't anyone else doing websites, you could charge anything you wanted practically. Uh, I, I was charging about a thousand plus per page. So like, I, I remember like a four page website charged 5,000 bucks and there was no competition, so they would pay it, you know? So, so we're in that wild west time right now. And uh, with that, the first question I wanna to put to both panelists and we'll start with Anara is, can we define what the metaverse is? Like, let's start with what is the metaverse? So Anara. So I think this is a good question in, in terms of trying to set the stage for what exactly we're trying to talk about, but just like um, history always repeats itself whenever a new innovation comes around, I think trying to define what the internet is would have also been a very difficult question to answer because the application of what the internet does for different sectors, different industries, and what it is, is just varies so, so drastically. So the concept of what a metaverse is, is that it's a 3D version of the internet. There's more spaces and more opportunities to virtualize content, give it shape, give it texture, give it color, and try to kind of think of new ways of communicating mediums that we're already used to in a more spatial manner. So sometimes if we're talking about office environments and enterprise, that could mean uh, getting rid of the screen and limitations of the screen completely and being able to have content flow or float uh, in space freely and being able to interact with it. If we're talking about performance or arts or music, it is about presentation and being able to go past limitations of scale and being able to zoom in and zoom out and kind of in interact and manipulate objects in a manner that we physically can't. So the metaverse, I think, is definitely a frontier and an opportunity of new tools that are starting to develop. Sometimes that can mean AR, VR tools, which uh, cover virtual realities and uh, different ways of visualizing content to then crypto, which is uh, a very interesting overlap and like even aspect of the metaverse economy that it actually financializes a lot of the creative aspects of what you're able to perform within these spaces and makes it transactional, allows you to earn a living. It is laying down foundations for completely different infrastructures of how money even moves in virtual spaces and in, in real life. So I would define 
metaverse as simply as a 3D version of the internet, but I want to warn everybody that the applications are a lot broader than, than the definition currently encapsulates. Amazing. That, Anar, you nailed it. Uh, Gleb, uh, I would like to hear your definition. Uh, I will use simple one. It's the virtual space with much more possibilities that internet can give. Amazing. Uh, I love that. And, you know, it's, it's the other thing to note is it's not a totally new concept. And, and this is a one thing also with technology, often when it starts kind of like being talked about more in public, it's been around more than 10 years. And uh, if anybody uh, heard about Second Life or participated in Second Life, that was kind of, you know, one of the early stages of it. You had kind of this polygon avatar and you walked around. And commerce-wise, I remember HMV having a store in Second Life and you'd walk up and like there'd be a new release CD. I remember grabbing Madonna's CD and you could buy it right then and there. Computers at that time, slow and laggy and crashes and internet connections crashes. So, so we can have a concept, but we also need to make sure that the devices work well enough so that everybody can uh, jump onto it. So that's what was happening then. But we're at this stage now where everybody's connected by their phone. There's wireless. So, so just note, there's always sort of this catch up that takes place. We have ideas, they're great, but sometimes the actual tech needs to catch up with it. Um, and I, I think as well, this is an interesting thing. I was thinking about this this morning and last night about this conversation. And, and I think a lot of hesitation comes into new things where there's so many possibilities. And I, I've been teaching how to do websites as well for like 20 years and stuff. And I used to do this exercise with students, pick a topic to build a website on. And they're like, well, what should I build it on? Anything, pick anything. And they had a hard time picking one thing because the possibilities were so endless. And I think that's part of the fear of diving in. What can you do? Anything. Well, what should I do? Whatever you want. But I don't know what to, and I think that's part of it. And I was thinking about on a creative side, it's also what songwriting is. You should write a song on what? Anything. And, and that's where we could get writer's block. Like, you know, a coffee cup, write a song about coffee cup. Oh, how? Like, it's, it's weird. So I think that's the fear right now is the it's so wide open and not defined that there's this fear jumping in, right? So with that, uh, I would like to sort of say, Okay, so we've got the concept, we kind of know what the metaverse is, but where are we kind of at right now? Like what's doable, what's not doable, what's being done? I know that's a huge open-ended question, but uh, Nara, let's see uh, what you think about that. So I think this is something where you're really important, uh, the paradox of choice. Whenever you're going to a store and there's 50 different soaps or just basic necessities of 50 butters you have to choose from and make that decision, it, it is quite paralyzing. So I think when it comes to the metaverse, it can seem you just don't know where to even begin chipping that away. And I always kind of help people to reflect back on themselves and pay attention to what personally interests you. If you really enjoy to, to kind of understand the nitty gritty of how 
to perfect sound or how to create soundscapes that, that are interesting to you, see which aspects of this technology can help you do a better job at making a more immersive experience. So you always start with just the tail end of what personally interests you and you will kind of see it snowball as you start to learn more about the space, as you're getting to understand the terminology. So it doesn't feel like everything is kind of just, you know, seems like a foreign, completely foreign landscape to you, but always start with the familiar. And uh, the best part about metaverse as a medium is that it is a very visual medium, highly aesthetic medium. And the artists are oftentimes paint uh, or introduce us to worlds of their imagination. And you'd always have to describe what you're seeing. You had to find a way to put what you're imagining into words or try to describe a song and to create the sound that you're hearing in your head. So what does it mean to be able to actually visualize some of those components? Does your music have a visual quality? Is it a color? Is it a sound? Would you want people to sit inside of, of a bubble while you're experiencing it? So there's so many different contexts that you can now imagine around uh, the work that you're actually creating and see which aspects of the metaverse can help you get there. Some of these experiences can be as easy, as free, and as accessible as a filter on a social media app, which interacts with very basic AR technology. There's now uh, pretty robust tools, both on Spark AR, as well as, especially for face filters and even full body filters on Snapchat that can give you opportunities to step into those worlds. And as people become more used to and educated about how these functions work, when there's new products coming out, leveraging more and more of the AR technology, it will be easier for you to also to continue to evolve with the market as well. So always start with your personal interests, with basic solutions that already currently exist that you understand, and then start to allow yourself to still continue to imagine what else uh, you would want to do in the future. That was, that was a great response. I love that. I'm probably going to steal that paradox of choice. I love that phrase. Uh, awesome. I love how you framed that. Uh, Gleb. Uh, it's like reference to the first part of the question, where we are now, we're in 2022. So the thing is that everything in the beginning and uh, you can do a lot already. Some of what you can do is limited by the hardware and that probably would be solved by 2025, I guess. So according to all the developments of the hardware. But speaking about the thing that uh, metaverse and uh, interaction with NFT and all these things that added open to a lot of different, uh, completely different spaces. So music, art, fashion, I don't know, uh, books, whatever, films, ever films, and uh, like uh, festivals. So festival that we've done last year, international, metaverse nft music festival so it was all together to combine to connect all the communities and uh, exactly what is uh in our focus is the fashion so it was well presented at that festival and that was really cool to see that all these people are came together and there was this connection so first idea was to use metaverse as the thing to connect people and that worked very well so that is the thing where we are now. So if it allows us to connect much better than it was before with previous with Web 2 and going to Web 3.0. So that's the thing where we are now. And as much as we can imagine and as we could imagine in the future, that is all possible. So it's not a question if it's possible. If it's impossible, you just need to find a solution. Okay, that's my approach. <laughs> Probably that's the best one. 
No, that that's great. And, you know, I was thinking like, uh, you know, I was using sort of like metaphors and, and often it's like, this is things we know. So it's easy to kind of understand. But if you think about like, I don't know if anybody's seen Gordon Ramsay's like kitchen nightmares, he often goes into restaurants and they'll see the menu and it's like, you've got pasta, steaks, sandwiches, salads, soups, blah, blah, blah. There's too many choices. And he literally makes it a one page menu. So it's easier for the customer to decide on what they're going to order. So I feel as us trying to figure our space and Nara really framed it, like think about what's familiar to you and start zoning in on that. And you kind of have to put blinders on like, that's really cool, but it doesn't pertain to me right now. I, I, that's just a distraction. That's a time waster. I need to really focus on what I really am mostly interested in. So, so I think it's it sometimes it's actually good to pause, pause and actually get away from digital and just really reflect and think, this is what I'm interested in. Maybe even write it down and then just move in forward that way. Um, that's, that's one of my techniques. I'm always sort of like, I need to get away to really regroup and think about what my goals are, what I want to achieve. And it's, it's difficult when you don't know what's possible. So again, focus this is where my spot is. That's what I'm going to look at. Now, uh, Anara, I want to pose a question to you because one came in and I think it kind of makes sense. Like, Gleb, you talked a little bit about your project. Uh, Anara, could you talk a little bit more about the project that you run uh, so that we sure. can get a little bit more sense of it? Yeah, and uh, coming back to the point you made about having uh, or defining a reference point for yourself and what you're interested in, uh, I feel like that's been kind of my specialty in my career is that I've always identified the very next step without really knowing what, what I want to do in the future, but kind of having very clear direction of what I wanted to do right now, what I wanted to spend my time right now. So even though I started off my career as a performer, I knew I didn't necessarily want a very clear path towards film or or acting even I wanted to kind of embrace the creative elements and, and the understanding of spatial awareness of being able to tell spatial stories that performance gives you uh, and then apply them to different settings and different mediums I ended up producing uh, several music and tech festivals both in US and in Europe and that context gave me uh, the opportunity to see people being exposed to new technology and then coming back 12 months later with a startup or a brand new company because they were able to allow themselves to go on a journey of getting excited by something and then stepping into that ring and being able to develop it. So I always thought that uh, fashion was incredibly interesting. It is one of the most basic things that we get to interact with every single day. We go through the ritual of getting up, getting dressed, getting undressed, and constantly shifting and morphing and allowing our clothes to say so much about who we are. But uh, as of late, maybe in the last 50 years, our relationship with clothing became very... Um, just just morphed by the advertising industry that keeps telling us that we need more of these clothes, not necessarily better quality clothes. And I always wanted to find a way how can virtual spaces allow us to satisfy our desire for more while increasing our awareness of wanting to have better quality clothes and physical life. So digital fashion is a subset of the metaverse or so the context of the metaverse that allows us to experiment with looks, being able to create looks, be able to quote unquote wear or overlay virtual clothing over our bodies or even the bodies of our avatars that can spend time in social settings and virtual worlds and in games and be able to have the opportunity to play dress up and 
mentally and aesthetically experience the beauty that fashion gives us without having to go out and buy a garment just for the sake of having one. So the work that I'm focused on is advancing the field of digital fashion, getting people to play with it, to experiment more with it, especially if you're uh, of a younger generation, if you're anywhere between Gen Alpha and Gen Z, where you spend quite a lot of time playing dress up and figuring out who you are in that process. And uh, the metaverse has finally given us the tools both uh, on mobile as well as on the web. And even now we're approaching closer and closer to the moment where we will have headsets that will be able to give us a chance to visualize our own garments and garments and other people. So that space is really budding a lot of innovation and is also incredibly new. So if you're interested in any of this, and this sounds a little bit like emperor's new clothes and we're you know basically all walking around thinking that we're wearing clothes that we're not, I think there's a lot of room for innovation as well as for music because musicians oftentimes have become icons in fashion. They, they perform music, but they also uh, create an image and a persona around their music and, and the, the world that they're trying to communicate. So virtual fashion allows you to also add that dimension to your, to your work, being able to actually virtualize some aspects of your creation. So that's personally my focus. And if you're curious at all about digital fashion, I write a lot about it on Twitter, um, host a couple of conversations there. So if you ever wanted to participate or ask more questions, there's always more spaces popping up around that topic. That's awesome. And you're, you're so right. Like uh, I think of artists like David Bowie, uh, where eras of David Bowie's career is defined also by the fashion element. He was very in that space. Uh, and he was also very tech-minded. Uh, he was pushing uh, the online space for artists and, and such. Uh, yeah, so David Bowie and also Prince. I think both of them are yes. fashion icons. <laughs> uh, absolutely. So many. You think like Elton John, Cindy Lauper. Uh, it's, it's endless, you know, Beyonce. Uh, they're all influencing fashion and trends as well. Um, and that's how they establish themselves as artists because they're leaders in that space as opposed to followers. And they're also defining like their space. There's no one else like them that makes them iconic, that makes them, you know, the, the value of everything around them goes up. Uh, I, you know, traveled and went to Memphis and sure enough, Elvis's sunglasses are in every store possible. You know, still years later, you can still buy Elvis's sunglasses. Uh, and certain stores you could buy a cape because he had capes too. Uh, so very much fashion intersects with music. And I think that's, that's an important statement because, you know, truthfully, I feel that that's a little bit lost these days in some cases. Uh, uh, a lot of people are doing things from home and, and fashion isn't quite the, the focus because it was really like David Bowie shows were a performance. It was a, a production and such and you know this is where i kind of want to bring it back to the metaverse in that what's great is this is where your creativity can completely open up and i think that again going back to that what can you do anything so uh what i would like to sort of say now is what could be a good entry point right now for somebody that has never encountered the metaverse so like where where's a good entry point one to experience it but also start dabbling in it so Anara, i'll let you start with this one too um 
I think that somebody gave me a really interesting advice. Um, I Before I started, I, I'm a dancer as well in, in one of my past careers. And somebody told me once that you will never experience the feeling of not knowing how to put your feet in the right position again. Once you figure it out and you know how to dance, you forget how not to dance anymore. So when you're in this phase where you're just like, the world is quite an open, like an, a completely open book. You don't really know which page to turn to. Enjoy this feeling of having the opportunity to want to explore everything. If you're curious about music and the metaverse, just Google that. Look up music and the metaverse, see what pops up, and you will start to gravitate to certain projects, certain ideas. Start to follow a hashtag that you're curious. It could be as broad as metaverse. It could be as broad as digital fashion, or I guess as niche as digital fashion. And you start to kind of comb through the top of mind thoughts, ideas, articles, events that are currently happening that can continue, that can be that golden thread for you to be able to follow to that next step. So I think leveraging the access that social platforms currently give us to the breadth of information before you start to specialize and narrow down on the very thing you want to get good at, or the way, the very thing that you want to actually start to implement for your personal work is very important. Once you start to know and you're in yeah, like for myself, I don't even remember kind of what it's like to just completely begin anew and start learning about the metaverse. I have to actually teach myself uh, those aspects. Like, what do I think? What are some of the assumptions I think I know? And how can I test them? What other ideas are out there that are either contradicting what I'm thinking or completing and expanding on what I'm what I'm currently, the points I currently formulated myself. So do enjoy this uh, opportunity to just kind of begin anywhere and then allow your curiosity to lead you to your next endeavor. Excellent. Thank you. Uh, Gleb, any, yeah, like, get, what get would a, you say about entry points and, and get a uh, time machine, get a time machine and go back to 2002, probably to, to explore second life. And then you will have all the time to explore all the stuff. But like Anara said, it's it's completely true that, okay, you go to Twitter, there is a lot of Twitter spaces. Even on the Clubhouse now, there is a lot of multiverse, metaverse space. And my, my favorite multiverse subject, which is about connecting completely different universes like real world, virtual space, and adding something more. So it's all there. And when you have your focus, when you know what you want, so first of all, decide for you what you want to explore. You want it for music? a lot of possibilities. He wanted for art, for exhibitions, again, fashion, so many and so cool that it's up to you. Google it. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy. You know, um, the metaverse is, is like, it's it's overwhelming, but but I, I, I'm so excited about where it's going. And I'm just sort of was reading one of the questions here and, uh, uh, this is from Dave said, I heard the other day that anyone over the age of 70 will die without ever knowing or understanding what metaverse is, what it does, how to use it. Do you agree with that? And I, I wanted to sort of address, I think sometimes we get caught in the commerce of things and the business of things and, and such, but there is holistic sides to it too. And um, we were actually approached, uh, I guess it was already five, six years ago by a VR company. And, and I just sort of want to frame it in this sense. Like, I think we're always like, how do I make money off of it? And how do I do business? And, and, and that gets sort of muddled as well. But um, there's experiences that can be meaningful. And what they were doing was filming concerts so that people that are 
bedridden in hospitals could attend concerts. So, so there's a lot of meaningful uses for, for these kind of technologies as well, is allowing people that don't have access now have access. And, and uh, I wanted to sort of get a take on Anara and Gleb. Have you had any kind of experiences in this or heard about uh, these kind of uh, uh, areas in this technology? So Anara first. I'm glad, but I'd actually love to hear from you first to hear what, what your take on this is. It's really that there is too much to tell. And uh, probably I would start with that. I heard about uh, augmented reality for those who um, with hearing impaired people. So for those who cannot hear. So there was the possibility to add some sensors and add more visual sight, but it's not virtual reality, it's more than mixed reality. So it's adding to your overall visual feeling what you can hear. So that, that's, that's the one of the greatest probably uh, use cases. And uh, I don't know the state of this startup, but it was some years ago. So probably uh, if there will be more things like this, that will be the great thing about enabling the new possibilities for those who just disabled, not because they disabled, but just like, because it is like this. So it's, it, it happened. Uh, but if some people haven't heard about it, okay, it's, 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 it's okay. It's just the thing that happening to the world. So if you want to explore the world and you want to get more new information and the, like all these possible use cases, it's up to you. So we we really living in the 21st, wait, it's 21st century. <laughs> Still, <laughs> we're not on Mars yet. Uh, so, so the thing is that uh, it's not really the thing that, you know, it's, it's not isolation of the one people from the knowledge. It's more about how you decide what's up to you. For example, my mother still not using computer at all. She still prefer regular phone to cell phone. And that's the thing that she decided that it's like this and she would never use it just because it's not her. So that's the thing. It's not about, is it good? Is it bad? It's just everybody can decide it for themselves. Right. Inara, do you have anything to add? Yeah, I think it's very important to stay true to yourself, just like you mentioned, Gleb. Like, just because these tools are coming out does not mean you have to become someone you're not. I think it is very important to give, to understand that the metaverse has a range and that there are certain things that will be incredibly functional and useful sometimes in the work setting. Others might be you know, wanting to keep it uh, at an arm's length and only experience it, it like aspects of like digital content in uh, when it comes to art, being able to see uh, art in your living room and being able to look at something. So um, my gateway into the space was through uh, a company called Wave XR. Uh, I saw them do their very first demo in 2016 when they were trying to allow artists and musicians to perform in front of virtual audiences without having to actually go on tour which we also we all know how incredibly grueling that journey is for people to be on the road all the time to not be home to be missing a lot of their life because their career is completely taken over what they're doing so they wanted to be able to give access to people to see these artists perform 
in while inhabiting their virtual bodies in a virtual context. So no, it's not real life. It's never meant to replace real life, but it is supposed to create a new pathway for artists to perform, for, for fans to experience them, and also to alleviate the pressures that exist in the music industry currently that make it difficult for artists to, to be who they are. So I think there are a lot of aspects um, of the of the metaverse context that can reimagine the way that we treat concerts. I think if I told my mom that I'm going to a virtual concert, she would think like, and what benefit is that going to give you? You can't see the artist, you're not there. Like it's not that it's not that great. So for her, the value might be diminished or even not be there at all. For me, I understand that I'm contributing still to my uh to, to the artists that I love, to the music that I love to hear, for them to continue doing their work is giving me some something new to experience as well. So there's a very um, real generational divide when it comes to the metaverse when pe people who grew up with tech tools that have very specific ideas of how they want to use them and then there's uh, generations of people that have had you know entire uh, adolescence and and their adult lives spent without technology whatsoever and they've been completely perfectly happy without that so you do not need to change who you are but I do think that the conversation around the metaverse can be relevant to your work to your personal life and just the way that you experience the world so don't be afraid that this is um, a technology that's trying to take something away from you or replace the real world and everything that we already enjoy and appreciate about it. Think of it more as an add-on uh, that can give us new ways of experiencing something we're already quite familiar with. Yeah, those, those are really good points. And um, if I could just add something that, you know, there's also people that, you know, can't travel. And I know, for instance, there's a, there's a Notre Dame presentation going on uh, uh, in France right now. So imagine if you can't fly because of health reasons, mobility or, or what I know my mom right now has made the decision. She's older. She just doesn't want to sit on a plane for hours. So she's like, I'm done with that, but she could still experience travel through the metaverse. And um, something that was really kind of, to me was like an, uh oh moment was when Facebook announced we're now meta. And, and so when a really big company, I looked up like they've got 2.9 billion users on the platform. And if they make a change, that's also a significant thing. And I'm not sure if anyone else actually read the press release. I did. And they really sort of talk about, uh, you know, they're going to twist it, of course, to be positive on the green side of things. But uh, being able to be in an office space through the metaverse without having to drive to the office. So lowering, you know, exhaust and fumes and stuff like that. Um, and also in this metaverse space, then you'd be able to have a screen on the wall. And so therefore less actual physical TVs or products to be made to be later in landfills and such like that. So I want to talk about where it's going a little bit in practical uses and and such. Uh, so what are your thoughts on where we're heading with this? Like these are all kind of like, here's the concept. It's not here yet, but this is what they're what they're saying it's going to be. I wanted to kind of get your take on where we're going. Uh, you know, and let's think of like next five years kind of time frame, because really it that too is endless too, where we're going. So uh Inara. What do you think like next five years? Oh, this is my favorite topic. I think this is the reason that I wake up because I'm excited about where we're heading. Uh, one of the words that I think is very 
synonymous with the metaverse is dematerialization. It's a concept that talks about virtualization of objects or spaces or concepts that no longer need to only exist in physical uh, context to be experienced. So if you have, um, I know my mom has always uh, fought with my dad about wires and uh, wires being everywhere, wires being here and there, and like his tech tools and his like man cave being constantly filled with stuff. I would think it would make my mom's a lot easier if all of his uh, stuff was virtual and he was able to play with screens and, and play his games and everything kind of existing in a space that is his private bubble. So this idea of being able to build out your own world, your workshop, your, your workstation, or the space that exists virtually that you can take with you anywhere and, and, and work with, I think is quite cool. So the aspects that I think are going to really change the way that we currently live is another hardware device that is going to add on to what the iPhone has already started. So the iPhone has already compartmentalized and put so many devices into one. It's your radio, it's your newsstand, it's your book, it is your TV, it is so many different tools in one device that fits into your pocket. When we're talking about the metaverse, we're talking about, again, another hardware leap forward that is going to combine your desktop, your computer, maybe really large objects or really small objects, and then give you that platform to actually incorporate them into your into your life. So imagine Apple uh, being probably the most uh, elegant and design thinking, design forward hardware company. They have made their name in creating hardware devices that people love, not just nerds and people that really enjoy technology, but people that just want to access different worlds and step into uh, a world where content is actually exciting and palatable and there isn't some massive threshold that makes you feel like you need to be a developer in order to participate in this context. If they release a headset, either within this year or even the next 36 months, you can expect there to be another leap forward or another moment, just like the iPhone, introducing uh, an opportunity for builders to start introducing products into the world that continue this journey of dematerialization and tools that can make your work life easier, that can make experiencing art and fashion and, and music uh, different. So I think saturating yourself with as much ideas and content knowledge and also surrounding yourself with people that want to talk about this can help you dive deeper into this topic and also make either business decisions in this direction, whether it means investments or making something of your own, or just being on a learning path, trying to understand all the opportunities that are ahead of you. So I think saturation and understanding all aspects of your life that can or have the opportunity to no longer have to exist in physical spaces or can have virtual complementary digital twins of themselves is a really good um, thing to think about. Oh man, so much to take in there. I, I, I love what you say, Nara, because uh, that's it, you know, uh, to sort of like digest some of that, think of like coming home and, you know, Toronto rent is really, really rising and the actual condos are getting smaller and smaller. One of the articles I read is imagine you're in a really small condo, but you come home, put the headset on and all of a sudden you're in this space that's vast and wide open. So you actually are in a small physical space, but you get a feeling that you're in this openness. And, and uh, if you're like, I want to watch TV, you could draw out the size of the TV you want to watch. And it could be a, you're watching a full movie theater, size screen, but you're in a small physical space. 
Um, and then computer, I actually want to have a 24 inch screen if I want in the, and actually work that way. Uh, so, so yes, getting rid of actual physical elements and putting that into a virtual space. It's actually, to me, that's kind of exciting. Uh, Gleb, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. I wouldn't be that positive, despite the fact that I'm developing some of the things and I'm really contributing to the whole uh, revolution side. So doing some crazy stuff. But what you're talking about, some of this already exists. And some of this depends on the technology. For example, like contact lens with all these uh, projections and, and so on and so on. That's the next step that will just enable what you talked about right now. On the, on, the, on the level that you don't need to wear anything. So there is already uh, this uh, bone transmitting headphones. So it's something that you don't need to just like put over. So if you will have contact lens and if you will have some glows, that will be already the beginning. But imagine the other thing that there is a lot of things that um, combined with the psychological side of all these aspects. And uh, a lot of new, uh, let's say, psychologists will have a whole new layer, like thick layer of tasks to solve just because if you ever have like big conda and you have this thing, you will still dive into this thing and that could be just addictive. So that's one of the parts. So it's, it's not something that really awful or really good or just like need to be worried about. It's Again, it, it depends, like, it's great that Anara just elaborated that you need to be true to yourself. That's the thing that I luckily realized very early, and I'm happy that I can say, okay, this is not mine, this is mine. Or this I would like to try, but I need to make some limit here, just because I know that I can go over. So that's where you can really check what's going on. So if we speaking about what will be next five years, it will be still technological progress and still will be the beginning of this. There will be new technologies. There will be new things coming up. There will be new hardware. And luckily, uh, there will be some nice uh, exploration with the thing uh, like Elon Musk's Neuralink and stuff. So it will be, again, connected back to all these psychological things. And you will have all this experience, but it's up to you to decide what you want to have. Just because technology is going forward all the time and what we right now think is ancient and the thing like, okay, second life, it's only 20 years, but it looks ancient. Right now, what we have with metaverse, it will be, oh, come on, you lived in the, like, I don't know which age, like micro image. It's not like quantum computing, but the thing is, again, imagine, and you will have it. So, so that's your future. Don't try to uh, think about like, okay, in five years, I will have this and this and this. And just because of that, and especially for artists, like just because of that, I need to dive into this or think about this. So it's more about up to your creativity, just because uh, most beautiful uh, innovations were made by the people who had no idea what are the possibilities, just because they were able to imagine freely. It's like connect to your cosmos and you will have it all. I love that, you know, uh, that whole creative side, because there, there is something to be said about when you know too little, you actually can create more. 
almost, if that makes sense. Cause if too much thought and it clutters the process, I find uh, of having that sort of journey of discovery uh, because you're forcing it. So it's much better to realize it and, and, and go through it. Uh, there is a couple of questions and I do sort of want to uh, paraphrase a couple here. Uh, this one's from Sean. Because uh, I find this sort of in, an interesting sort of take, and, and there's a couple of questions about NFTs as well. Um, if there's more time spent per person in the metaverse, more so than in real life, would it make physical merch actually more valuable? So I, I f find that's an interesting one. So Anara, what, what are your thoughts on that? Hmm. I... I think when it comes to the metaverse and when we are trying to figure out where to begin the process, the, the that feeling of like a whiteboard where you're able to essentially write down the, the beginning initial ideas and then start to kind of build out solutions for it will give you also the opportunity to start building them out. So if let's say you're a musician and you want to figure out how to create a VR music video, if you were to kind of create a wish list of items on your whiteboard or your, your blank slate, and then start to socialize and connect with people that specialize in that. The cool thing about the space is that it's very collaboration based is that you do not need to become a developer in order to start participating in this vision. You can still be a musician with your vision, with your desires and interests within the metaverse context without having to uh, go to school for four years to become a computer scientist or anything like that. So the way that content is created is also fundamentally changing. So I would say, being able to kind of keep like an idea book or some type of tab on your phone where you're able to start to jot down your notes and also share them with the wider community will help you attract your potential collaborators and, and, and a tribe. So I'm, I'm, I'm assuming when people go to events like this is that they are quite interested in the topic to learn about it for their personal interest because they just find it interesting or maybe curious or they think it may be advantageous for them to learn about it, but also because they hopefully want to build within that space themselves. So I would say that collaboration, uh, like knowing that the space does operate very well on collaborations and people coming together to work on project basis, uh, not necessarily having to kind of be absorbed by a large company, whether it's Facebook, Amazon, or, or Google, this is the, the nature of the movement that you no longer have to be under the big corporate umbrella to do some of the most the best and most interesting work in your life is that you can actually do it from the comfort of wherever you are with the tools that you currently have and with the community that is currently being garnered and the talent that is currently is present within this space awesome thank you so much gleb and i'm, I'm keeping it short because we're starting that like time goes by really fast on this. yeah 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 it's 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 already 50. so uh I would say from uh, technology side and from utility side. So uh, if we're talking about uh, the physical match would become more valuable. It, it might be the case that this physical match has, will have more utility that will be connected with the metaverse. So in this case, you will have much more, uh, I don't know, next level of uh, diving in and then that merch would be really more valuable for you personally. On the level of the just the consumer, it's just, okay, uh, if the, at some point there will be anti-metaverses, so it will be just like, I'm anti-metaverse, so that merch will be definitely more valuable. 
<laughs> I love that. Yeah, there's always the other side, right? And, and we have to address that too. Uh, one thing that I would say is that through the metaverse, you might be able to generate more audience and more followers, which make, means more consumers. And usually when you get that, you create demand and through demand, a price could go up. So if you're able to reach a mass audience globally through a metaverse, but you have one, only one of this item for sale, it's kind of what we're seeing on the NFT marketplace bids uh, determine the value of it. So, so that, that might be one way to approach it is use, use it as a tool to build audience, to build followers, which means people that will buy something and that could drive a price up. And also think of relationships being symbiotic, because when you are turning to the community to build something, you have an audience and your position that you have within your sphere of interest and your sphere of influence, as well as collaborating with other people who have their own reach and their own interests. Whenever you're putting the projects together out into the world, you're exposing your audience and the audience of your partner to this brand, to this idea that you're trying to communicate. So this project-based nature of how you're collaborating with somebody is also what proliferates and uh, can, like allows your projects to gain traction and different audiences because it is so widely accepted for people to come together to exchange, to have an in-kind exchange of value to be able to promote something forward. Absolutely. I remember the old days where uh, two artists would release, like uh, do a share single where each of them has a song on it and hoping that they're getting fans from the other artist. So uh, absolutely. Um, and I, again, we're getting short on time. So I want to make sure that we address uh, some more of these questions here. Uh, so this is from Tia uh, and it says, could that tie in with NFT fashion and NFT music, being able to have one of a kind outfit or rare songs available to hang out virtually? And I think that is absolutely the case. But uh, Inara, I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to how you productize something, uh, there's really so many different options. So the technology behind digital fashion is virtualizing the actual garment. But at which stage of the process and how many copies you make is really up to you. So if you take the NFT logic, NFTs are about publishing something out into the world, either in a very limited quantity where there's only one piece, which means the price of it is going to be quite high because there's only so many copies of this particular uh, item. Or you could create a series that can be limited to 10,000 or, or less, or it could be honestly infinite. Maybe this, it's an object that will forever be available for specific purposes. So the scarcity of an object is the, is uh, determined by the artists and by the platform and also by the purpose that you actually want this uh, asset to become popular. So somebody gave me a really good example of what um, uh, like the, the idea that NFTs are trying to communicate. So Mona Lisa by some is considered to be one of the very first memes because somebody started to spin out a story uh, when the painting came out about who it was. And there were rumors around whether it's somebody's mistress, whether it's like some muse, maybe it's some famous princess from somewhere else. And the news started to spread around Paris with all these theories that people had about the Mona Lisa. So every single time that somebody prints a picture of the Mona Lisa on their t-shirt, it doesn't devalue the actual Mona Lisa that is in the Louvre, but it does proliferate the myth and the story that is attached to the Mona Lisa and keeping it alive within 
culture and also keeping it modern and part of the conversation today in 2021. So that's what NFTs do is that they encapsulate the, the value of the object to the blockchain so that if you were to purchase it or to, to uh, make a transaction with it, it's going to allow you to continue to host and own this asset within the metaverse, whether it's on a website or in a virtual gallery. But the myth and the story of the object can continue to move forward. So if you're looking at a garment, if it is worn by somebody famous in a virtual world or in a game or some tournament is worn, and this is the garment that is that has been worn, it's the exact same moment as Beyonce performing her homecoming tour or Prince uh, wearing his famous purple suit. Like the, it, it becomes iconic within the mind, the mind share of culture. Or you can start communicating something that is um, influenced by your current moods or your current uh, body of work that you want to in short bursts, start to share with your community just so that they can continue kind of being part of your circle. The levels and tiers of how you design that process really vary, but the technology, the underlying technology already exists today. So you can start experimenting with um, all of those additions today. That's awesome. I, I love that. Uh, Gleb? Uh, I see that, that there's not much time left. So I will quickly add that uh, last last year so it was already quite a in the news all this metaverse stuff i was participating in another conference and there was a question why would you buy nft just to use it in the metaverse so there was the question for the audience and audience replied like i would like to have something that is real in my virtual space so it's some sort of psychological ownership, which, okay, today I'm on the psychology side. So it's some, some sort of this thing that allows you to own something in virtual reality that is actually real. So it's the thing that tied, but at the same time, NFT in this case, is just a technology. So it's the solution, it's a standard that allows you to own something. And uh, if you remember what yesterday Samsung brought to attention about all these IPs and stuff, so you still can have this receipt, but you do not own anything physical. So there, there is a lot of cases about it, but it's, it's all connected. It's, it's natural. It's just uh, the thing that like evolutionally goes one into another connecting and we're waiting for some new miracles. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I got to say that uh, there's generation kind of gaps here too, in the sense that kids that are playing games right now buy a level up they buy a better gun to shoot they buy a jet pack for their game space and it only exists on the game so the one thing to think about is the future generation is already like the young generation that's going to be our future they're already participating in this they're already doing it and it's like nothing with like a without a thought, I just want that jetpack. I want my my character to be able to fly in this space. It's five yeah, I, bucks. I, I would I would Done. just add that it's already a part of the mindset. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like that level up. And oh, my character now is better than your character. And and it's it's got that kind of uh, thing. And and I've I've seen it. I've seen it with kids playing with their friends that they go to school with, and they talk about oh, I've got this shirt on my avatar. And now their friend has that same shirt on their avatar. So there is still this community sense to it uh, of belonging to each other uh, through that. Uh, and I've seen it, especially during lockdown, this is how they're 
uh, participating with each other because uh, they can't actually be with each other during COVID lockdowns and stuff. So um, with that, look at how fast this time has gone. Uh, Inara, do you have any last uh, comments? I would just um, like to reiterate a quote that I posted on my Twitter that I think has been a really good reminder. I'm going to actually go back to my own profile to make sure I don't misquote it. But it came from James Clear, who's one of my favorite authors when it comes to writing some of the most poignant, short, and to the point motivational content. So he says that the reality of innovation is that anything new is accomplished by unqualified people. And I think that's a really empowering thing to think about is that it's very often that we stop ourselves or are in our own way from actually participating in something and learning something new because we think we don't have the credentials or the, or the network to start. So I would just encourage you to continue following uh, your curiosity, to continue getting engaged in the discussion and put your work and your thoughts out into the world because you never know who's listening. And it's just really important for everybody to uh, feel like they belong within the space so that the metaverse can be inclusive and not just built by one for the few. That That is great. I love that. And uh, uh, we are at this stage, I've said it before, that we can make this a beautiful thing. Uh, we have this chance that like, everybody's included, everybody can participate like never before. Uh, I'm excited about this. Uh, Gleb, your last comments. Uh, the thing is that if you hear something, it's like to, to those people who think like I'm anti-metaverse and stuff, uh, go explore. And the other thing like, okay, I will, I will add some quote too. So uh, this is from uh, George Santiana from Spanish philosopher. Those who cannot rem remember the past are condemned to repeat it. So the thing is that explore what was before, think what could be next and add to, in this case, in, to, the, to the metaverse, and there you will have your future, your own unique, rare, and if you want, do NFT. Awesome. So everybody's doing quotes. I guess I, I got to do a quote now. Uh, Githwitis. This is from my friend Mark Natkins. Uh, good things happen when you do stuff. So do stuff and get started. You've been listening to the Indie Weekly Podcast. Be sure to visit IndieWeek.com for all the information on the conferences for 2022. Screen by Screen, Music and Tech in February, Indie 101, Music and Business Education in May, Music Pro Summit, High-Level Music Industry Insight from Professionals in September, and Indie Week brings it all together in November. Thanks for listening. <laughs>